pose. For many photographers and clients, the word pose is often viewed as a negative thing. It often evokes images of cheesy high school prom photos or something you might see featured on awkward family photos. However, the truth is that posing is an important aspect of good wedding photography. Today, we're going to talk about posing and share our advice for posing the bride and groom, the families, and the bridal party. And we'll share some tips for how to do it in a way that will make people feel comfortable and not dread the word pose. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Uh, my name is Bruce Clark, and once again, I am joined in the co-host chair by Mr. Robert Evans. Good day, sir. Good day. Good to see you again. It feels like we haven't recorded for a while, so it feels like we haven't well, seen each other I for haven't. a while. I so. haven't. I mean, it's probably been more than a month for me, because I yeah. had to miss the last one because uh, I was in uh, Colorado working. Yeah. And no Brian this week. Brian had a scheduling conflict and wasn't able to join us. It's just going to be you and I hanging out this week, but that's all right. We've got a, a fun topic to, to talk about this week. Um, we thought we haven't really talked about this too much, um, at least not in depth. So we thought this would be a, a good uh, topic. Uh, we're going to spend some time uh, today just sharing some tips and advice on posing. Um, you know, posing your couples, posing families, posing the wedding party and all that good stuff on the wedding day. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. But before we do, uh, of course, we just want to remind you how you can participate participate in the show. Uh, we've got a bunch of different ways you can interact with us. Uh, first, visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com. Uh, there you'll find our show and all the other good shows that are on the TWIP network. Um, and of course, with each episode, we will uh, put up a blog post for that episode. It's going to contain the links to everything we talk about today and any uh, you know, websites or products or anything that we mention. We'll include links there. Um, if you've got a question, or if you'd like to suggest something uh, you'd like to see us cover in a future episode, uh, you can also just click on the Contact Us link at the top of the page. And then be sure to select TWIP Weddings from the drop-down list, and that's going to send a message directly to us. Um, if you prefer using Twitter, just uh, add the hashtag TWIPWED uh, to your post, and we'll keep our eye out for those. And you can also uh, follow us. We're on Instagram at TWIPWED, and we also have a Facebook group. Uh, so just head on over to Facebook and just search for TWIPWED, and you'll find us there. The group's moving along pretty well. I think we have about 183 people in the group. I think so, yeah, and and pretty active. People are asking questions on there and sharing their work, and, uh, you know, it seems to be uh, getting some new uh, new people every week, so that's great. And thanks to those who have joined the group and are participating, and, and uh, we try to pop in there when we can. I know, Robert, you've been in there and answering some, yeah. some questions and things. I always, and, when they pop up on my phone and I see them, I try to go in and answer and you know if it's something that's relevant that i have an answer to uh, you know somebody that i think the most recent question somebody's in there asking about a certain lens that i haven't shot or whatever so he was looking for has anybody shot this what do they think yeah no it's great so yeah and i try to pop in there every once in a while too and uh, and answer when i can so it's awesome so <clears throat> All right. Well, let's jump into today's topic. And I proposed this topic. I thought it'd be a good one to talk about. And it's, uh, it's posing. Now, for a lot of photographers and, and probably for clients, too, i uh, be curious to get your thoughts on it. A lot of people see pose as a bit of a four-letter word, a bit of a dirty word. Do you, what's, do you find that? Yeah, I mean, I think it is definitely a word that people stop on, photographers and clients alike. Um. I mean, yes, I'm very, with what I do, yes, I post pictures. I, I can't say that I don't, but I try to keep them very relaxed and comfortable. Um, and I think that ultimately is the key. 
You know, if you spend too long, I always use this story. Like if you see someone take a group of a group photo, you see this at weddings all the time and, you know, somebody will have their iPhone or their camera, whatever it is. And then you guys come over here, let's take a picture. And they get them in this group, you know, and it's not even really necessarily posed, but they're taking all this time to take this photo and they're like, all right, smile. And you see people smiling for 10 seconds, 20 seconds while this person tries to figure out their camera or what's wrong with it. And yep. <laughs> And so that's, and then they lose, you know, they lose the expression, they lose the moment. And I think that right there is sort of the key to what we all do is, you know, you just have to like have people be comfortable and you have to be kind of fast about it, you know, really to catch what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think like, I know when we meet with clients and, you know, a lot of times they'll, you know, if they, if they hear the word pose, I think it kind of often it usually evokes kind of images of like the, you know, a cheesy high school prom photo, you know, or maybe something you've seen on awkward family photos or something. Right. So the, the word pose, I think now has, has brought on a bit of a negative connotation for a lot of people. Um, but I think really the, the truth is though, it's, it's posing is one of those aspects of a really good photograph, right? Like you can have all the different elements, right? Obviously we've got, you know, lighting is always critical to a great photograph, expression is always you know an important part of a good photograph and but pose can make or break a great photograph you could have great lighting great background maybe great expression but if you have a, a really awkward pose or, or not a very flattering pose it can kind of bring a photograph down now the, the client might still love it right but us as photographers or if we were say entering it into a competition right the pose would be something that could potentially take a, uh, an image from being an, an, an exceptional image down to, you know, not being accepted, for example, at like a print competition or something like that. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, so I think posing is one of those, you know, it's one of those things clients often will sort of push back against, you know, we get that, Oh, we don't want to be posed. We don't want the posed photos, right? We want candids, we want photojournalistic, but you know, in reality, that's very difficult to get, you know, you're, you know, a hundred percent photojournalistic at a, at a wedding. There's going to be some element of um, posing, you know, involved. So I wanted I want to talk to you because you've been at this a long time, right? You've been photographing for what twenty five years? Seven. Twenty seven <clears throat> years. Twenty seven years. Give or take. Right. So you've got a lot of experience in this, and I'm sure you've probably seen. You know, photography has evolved and changed, but I still think posing is a critical component to particularly great wedding photography, right? You have to have a, a good pose in addition to good lighting and expression, all those things. So how do you approach um, clients, you know, when they, when they come to you, you probably hear this as well with clients, right? They say, well, I don't want to be posed. How do you approach it with them? How do you set that expectation at the, even at the very outset? And we've talked about setting expectations before, but how do you set that expectation that makes them feel better about possibly being posed, right? How do, how do you right. get over that stigma of pose being a negative thing? I honestly just talk to them about how I work. And I tell them exactly, you know, I say, listen, you know, we do have to do some quote unquote pose photographs, meaning family, you know, we have to take the time to accomplish family photos. Because like you said, a, a total photojournalistic day would not include family photos if you were truly shooting it journalistically. Yeah. Um, Unless so, they were just like mingling photos and, and, and just. Right. Which, which also I think is a quick tip. If you have a client that tells you that and you say, oh, great, I'm going to go shoot photojournalism the whole day. I think you, you're going to do yourself and your client a disservice if you don't take at least 30 minutes 
to do some, you know, quote unquote pose group photos because ultimately that's what people want. They want to see pictures of faces and smiles. And when you're trying to take a picture of, let's say, even five people in a family, them standing around chatting is not going to be the best photo. Um, yeah. As opposed to if they look at the camera. So I would say it's compromise. even hard getting them to look at the camera when, when you're right. I would say compromise and you've organized it <laughs> and do both. I actually have this exact same story. And this goes back many years ago because I was still shooting medium format. I remember this. And I had this girl come in and she was like one of those executive Hollywood producer types um, and still is. And she said to me, she got married at a very eclectic venue in L.A. And she said to me, she's like, Robert, I do not want to pose for a photo. And I want all my pictures in black and white. I remember her name was Amy. And I said, Amy, I said, I'm happy to shoot your wedding how you want to. I said, but um, let me let me say this. Can we please do uh, when we do, you know, take 30 minutes and do some of the family photos, you know, where you pose with your parents because that's what they'll want. And she was paying for her wedding and the whole bit, you know, she was like one of these young, I have money, I'm paying for my wedding. Yep. And, uh, but I said, you know, ultimately your parents want to see your faces and they want to see smiles. So let me do this. I'll shoot your whole wedding journalistically. I'll shoot it exactly that way, but we're going to take 30 minutes and we're going to do some family photos and we're going to, and I'm going to shoot those in color. And she's like, well, I still want them in black and white. So I said, fine, I'll do both. So at the time, for those of you that know how a Hasselblad works, it has a film back on it. And I had to switch back and forth in between each family that I did, one color, one black and white, one color, black and white. So that was kind of how, but that's how I did. So fast forward after the wedding, the mom calls me, you know, two, three weeks later, whatever it was. And um, she gets me on the phone and she's like, Robert, she's like, I'm calling you. She's like, first of all, to tell you, like, I was so mad at you that those photos like everything was in black and white and everything was in color but she's like and i was like whoa you know like and then she's like but i'm actually calling to thank you because amy told me the only reason that the the family photos that i do have are in color is because you fought for that and so thank you very much mm. and so that was a you know at least 15 20 years ago maybe but um we do, we are in a different world today, but my point is, I think like a, a total journalistic day without doing, you know, quickly some maybe 20, 30 minutes of family groups, even if they're small, like with the parents and the immediate family and quick, all the bridesmaids and all the groomsmen, you know, that type of thing so that they have them, you know, is a mistake. So just think about that. You each, you have to approach each one differently. But I mean, as far as how I talk to my clients about posing, and this is my philosophy, uh, is that I just want them to feel comfortable, like I mentioned earlier. So I talk to them about, you know, well, first of all, we're not going to get family photos if we don't take the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And, but I say, especially, let's just talk about the bride and groom or when I'm posing them. You know, I say, I will, I will pose you and I will give you direction. But a lot of times I watch how you do it. And I think this is really important is you have to watch your couples. You have to watch how they do it. And then I refine that from there. And this is what I tell them. So I might, you know, give an example of, you know, you guys go over there and lean against that tree and I'll watch them go over and how they do it. And, you know, they'll, you know, and I'll say cuddle up to each other, getting close and you, you watch how they do it. And people will naturally sort of fall into poses or positions that they're comfortable with. But yes, sometimes you have to refine that so that it's flattering. And that's a lot of what I'll do. But a lot of the times they'll fall into something and they'll do something and, and I'll shoot a little bit of that. 
or I'll let I'll shoot what they did first, and then I'll move them a little bit. And I'm like, all right, you guys turn and face each other, and you know, put your arms up around his his neck and pull her close into you, and you know, give her a kiss. And while I'm giving those directions, I'm taking photos because it's all the reaction, it's all that split second moment that they're doing those things where that's very very real and it's happening as I as I ask for it. Now, if, if I did that same scenario and I said, all right, put your arms up around him, pull him closer to you. All right, look at each other. Okay, keep looking. Hold on, I'm doing something. Keep looking. Well, that expression's now gone. Right. Um, you know, turn your faces to me, give each other a hug. You know, even when I'm doing family photos, a hug is such a valuable tool. Like, for instance, bridesmaids, immediate family, whatever it is. You know, but especially for the the bridesmaids, I'll say, you know, walk to up to each other, put your arms around each other's waist, bring your bouquets down, bring your heads together. Now give each other just a little hug. And as soon as I say that, they do. And I take the photo. I take yep. one or two. And then I might then look at them and like, all right, you guys look at me right here. Give me a nice smile. One, two, three. And I'll count off one for them so they know when I'm going to take the pictures. But inevitably, if I look back on that, you know, six pictures that I just took of one bride and her bridesmaid, uh, you know, the first two images are the best because it's when I ask to hug. So I'll do that for immediate families. I'll take, you know, all right, everyone, the five or six, mom, dad, two brothers and sisters, everyone looking right here, one, two, three, I'll do it the opposite. Everyone look at me, you know, make sure they're all turned right and they look good and, you know, clothes look great. And I'll take a few of those photos. And then the last one, especially in bigger groups too, I'll like, all right, and I'll just change my tone. I'll change my voice pitch. I'm like, all right, everybody give me a big hug. Get your arms around each other. I just keep talking. Hug, 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 hug. And they do it. You know, they follow your direction right away and they do it and they're hugging. And I'm just firing away as I'm as I'm giving that direction. Because sometimes when you ask for that, people will start looking at each other. And, you know, I watch and wait till I make sure I have all the faces or I'll, I'll ask, all right, everyone look in here. Hug, look here, look here. Hug, hug, hug. And, you know, it's all about that moment and the spontaneity of what I'm doing and and generally, I would say um, I will sell, you know, when I put that in an album, I'll sell both photos. I'll sell the, not usually in the bigger groups, you know, right. the bridesmaids photos, it's always going to be the best expression one. But in a family picture like that, you know, I might sell the formal one, but then I might sell the, you know, the big hug one. And also keep in mind with having second shooters around, you know, somebody might be shooting that hug from a different angle and getting different expressions and that's black and white. So Really, that's honestly how I do it. And I just explain to them, you know, I walk them through all those scenarios and make them feel comfortable that I'm not going to pose all their photographs. And I think when they're looking at my portfolio and my work, it definitely reflects that because I'm a, a very reactive photographer instead of, you know, posing stuff. But it doesn't mean that I will not pose something um, for dr drama, you know, effect, uh, shock value. If I there's something in my environment, you know, I have a image in my portfolio where I have a couple jumping on a trampoline. I have a you know older image, a couple where I actually put them up in a fireplace. So when you look at the image, it's just the couple's you know bouquet and waist down. You don't see their heads because they're up in this fireplace at this old. It was clean, and I got in there and looked at it. But you know that's posed. I asked him to do it. I said, get in there, do this. Yeah. You know, but I did it because it'd be a cool photo. Right. You did it with intent. I want to go back to something you mentioned this, just your, when you were doing the family photos and just the, the energy level that you project out. Right. Cause I think that's so important. Correct. Is your clients are, are going to, in a lot of ways, they're going to mirror 
the image that you're putting out, right? So if you want them to, to you want that happy, really spontaneous, uh, lots of energy, high energy kind of feel, you have to kind of put that out there, I think, right? It's not, right. otherwise it's probably not going to happen. And, but. and I'm generally a very low key person, but, you know, and shy. And, but I had to learn that early on in my career. Like, you know, when I'm at the wedding, I have to take control of the situation. I have to be the one running the show or the show will run over me. Yeah. And, you know, and I learned that early, uh, again, going back to a story of an early day when I was training, I, I was training with this photographer and he would be doing group shots and he uh, would get the group together. And then he, you know, the camera was on a tripod because we shot Hasselblad and he have his backside sticking out to the right or to the left and he'd wiggle his butt and had a squeaky toy in his bag and he'd be like, all right, everybody looking right here and say pizza. And I looked at that and I was like, oh my gosh, there is no way in hell that I can do this job. <laughs> but the thing is, is you just develop your own style. You have to use your personality. That is your strength. You don't have to do it the way I do it or anybody else do it does it, but you have to do it your way and, and, you know, inflict your personality into it. But like you just pointed out, there's times where you need to take control because if you don't, the day will, you know, get by you. And a lot of this is also set up and, you know, you could go back and listen to past shows, but, you know, setting yourself up for success and having a timeline and allowing enough time to accomplish all this, um, you know, goes a long way you know, like I've mentioned many times in the show, I run on about a three hour schedule prior to ceremony to get all my photographs done, to spend an hour with the bride and groom and roughly two hours to do immediate family, bridal party and extended family prior to the ceremony. So all of that stuff helps uh, in in making this successful. But the energy level that you bring to the wedding, um, you know, I don't yell and scream and I just ask people to move together and then and I'll, you know, I'll and the one other thing that I do, and this is not necessarily unique to me, but I didn't even set out to do this. It's just something that I did naturally, but I've had many, 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 many people pointed out is that when I'm taking the photo, a lot of times I'm looking at them around the camera, you know, I might have it set or whatever, but I'm smiling at my couples and, and, mm -hmm. and they're smiling back, whether it's the bridesmaids, the families, the bridal party. And people have all commented many times, like, it's so easy to smile in the photo because you're smiling at us. You know, again, it's sort of a mirrored image. If you're frowning, like, I oh, get over there, I'm just going to smile. Well, yeah. who's going to smile at that? You know, yeah. you have to be friendly and approachable and jovial and, you know, but also forceful and get your job done and corral people. We all know, you know, how that works. So, yeah, it, you know, personality is definitely important in making that successful. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of our early, like one of our, like our third, second or third show, we talked about that, uh, you know, feedback that couples had provided and then things about their photographer that they, you know, um, would change yes. issues they had. And one of the, you know, one of the big ones that came up a lot was just, you know, no direction at all from their photographer. Right. So they felt right. like they had to direct themselves. Right. And, and, and a lot of clients just don't, they won't know what to do. Right. If you said, Oh yeah, just go ahead. You don't want to be posed. Okay. I won't do any posing. It's just going to leave them floundering and you're not going to end up with anything. So I, I like to substitute the word posing with the word direction. Right. And a lot of people, you know, so we, we, when we're talking to our clients, we'll say we're, we're not necessarily going to pose you in the, the traditional sense of a, of a pose. Cause again, a lot of people have this negative feeling about the word pose. They, they associate it with it being cheesy, 
or something again, you just old fashioned maybe. Uh, so we like to use the word direction and say, look, we're going to, we're going to direct you. We're going to put you into a situation and maybe get you to do something and interact with each other. Um, and then that's what we're going to photograph. Um, we may refine it. We may move your body position or get you to do things with, you know, certain body parts just because it's going to be more flattering. It's going to look better for you. Do you go through the process of showing clients any examples? Like, obviously, they're going to go through and you're going to look at your work. But do you specifically address things like pose or connection or expression when you're talking to your clients before kind of before the wedding? I talk a lot about expression because, again, I think, you know, if you don't want to pose per se, you know, of course, direction and expression are important in those keys because, you know, a real emotional, powerful image, in my opinion, is is simple and full of emotion. You know, mm-hmm. the more simplistic an image can be, I think the more powerful it is. And then and then the emotion in that image, if it's as long as it's real and believable, you know, makes that powerful. And of course, light and all the composition and all those things add to it. Um, but I, I don't really show them examples of how I'm going to pose them, if that was what you're asking. Um, but I will have them show me examples of if there was something that they feel very adamantly or strongly, you know, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I've also had I've had the same thing asked of me. Like I will have an occasional bride ask me to do something that in my head, she never knows this because it comes out on the wedding day. I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, that is the cheesiest crap I've ever heard. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. How do you deal with those? But I do it because I'm there to please her. And as long Mm -hmm. as she's, you guys have heard me say, I shoot 90% of my weddings for myself because I know at the end of the day, if the bride's going to be happy, you know, if she's going to, if I'm going to be happy, I mean, and I love the images, she is too, as long as... I've done what she's asked. Um, I've heard I've heard her, and I'm not just my way or the highway. I've taken photographs. And if she throws something at me like, oh, can I put all the bridesmaids' bouquets around my head and take a picture? You know, I'm like, okay. But I, I'm not going to tell her no. Why, why would I? Okay, great. Let's do that. You know, take the picture and move on because mm-hmm. I've already shot, you know, 10 other things that I'm excited about and done what I want, wanted. So if that's the one thing that she asked that day or – you know, occasionally, like in the group shots, like people will still do this. Like, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Like, let's, let's take, you know, all the girls together, all the guys together, and then a group shot of the bridal party. You know, if they want more than that, you know, I will shoot individuals of, you know, each girl with the bride and each guy with the groom, which, yeah, people still typically want that. But then I'll get the one where, like, can we take me with the girl, me, you know, the bride with the guys and the groom with the girls? You know, okay. You know, I don't think that shot's necessary, but I'll do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to tell him no. I'm like, yep. you know, I just make it happen. Yep. Because I'm, you know, maybe I'm under a time frame. I'm like, great, there's two more photos they're going to take. You know, <laughs> yeah. I got to I gotta get all this other stuff done. And now you're asking me for all this stuff. But but again, I allow enough time to, to, to do that stuff. So, you know, I try to make it happen. Yeah, we do too. I mean, we certainly will tell them, like, if we, if, particularly if we're under a tight timeline and we know we're not going to have a lot of time, we're going to say, look, let us get through kind of the, the basic stuff and make sure we get the, the, those covered. And then absolutely, if we've got some time afterwards, we can certainly do some of those, some of those additional shots, but let's make sure that we've got enough time for you guys. Cause that's, and that's usually how I'll preface it to them is, you know, we, I want to make sure right. we've got enough time right. for you guys. Cause I don't want to cut your time short that we have to photograph you, you and, you know, the bride and the groom. 
you know, in favor of doing some of these other combinations of photos, which could be great photos for you, but they're probably not going to end up in your album. Right. So, and usually they're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, my, my hope is that maybe we run out of time and never, never get to those photos. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. I won't outright say no. Um, you know, I, I'll try to find ways to maybe persuade them to do it later. Right. Hope they forget about it. But, uh, and I think something else that's super important is however you want to do it, you need to have a system and systematically shoot, you know, specifically talking about group shots when you're doing your families and your bridal parties and, you know, systematically do it, you know, as much as you can consistently each time. That way you're not missing things. You're not forgetting things. Um, one of the things that I do that I think is just a great tip um, is I, and I, and it doesn't always happen, but I try to work from big to small especially when I'm doing the extended family groups where it's the bride and the groom and the aunts, the uncles and the cousins. But, you know, let's say I'm doing the bride's family. I'll say, all right, all the bride's family come up, aunts, uncles, cousins, everyone. And I'll do that shot first. And then I'll excuse aunts, uncles, cousins, sit down. So now I have just the bride and groom and the immediate family, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, kids, take that photo, uh, excuse them. And then I'm just left with the bride and groom and the bride's parents. So I got to peel it like an onion. Right. So I I do it backwards like that because I know, and really you can do an extended family photo in three shots if there's no other requests. You do the extended family with aunts, uncles, cousins, peel that back to the immediate family, peel back that down to the parents, done. You can do the same for his side, bridal party together. That's your extended family pictures if, you know, they don't have divorces or things like that. But um you know, and I talked to them about that too. I said, look, I can do your immediate family pictures, you know, that whole session in about six pictures. Um, and I explain, I walk them through it very quickly. I said, but if there are aunts and uncles that you want a special photograph with, godparents, whoever, you know, you just let me know at the time and we'll make sure that happens. But I'm going to go through, like you said, I'm going to go through my system, my routine, make sure that I've accomplished everything in my head, my checklist of how I do it. And then we can go on and do the other requests that you have. Yeah, we, we sort of take a similar approach, although we'll try to, if we can, do if there's, if there's small children that are going to be involved in the photograph, um, we'll usually try to get them in there and out right. uh, first. And I always make exceptions to that. Like, you know, everything that we're telling you, you know, it's good to try to make it happen. But as you all know that photograph weddings, things happen and change in moments and you know, you have to deal with stuff like that. Grandparents won't show up early for the family photo. So I have to do one shot later, whatever it is. Mm. Um, you know, I try to accommodate uh, my couples the best way that I can and just, you know, do the best job. I want them to be happy. I want them to be, you know, but I want to get everything done. But, but again, you have to remember, you are the expert. You're the one that does this every weekend. You know better than your bride and groom. It's it's just how the finesse and the way that you get that across to them and let them know this is the way we should do it. You know, don't let don't let the family or wedding coordinators dictate how you should do your photographs. You know, you should be in charge of that and you should set the the timeline. You know, again, respecting and you know other people's wishes, et cetera. But, you know, I, I think, again, I, I always say, you know, when I ask photographers, do you shoot what you want or do you shoot what you get? Um, if you do that, 
and you set a timeline and you talk to them about things that'll make them late and, and set up your timeline for success. So you're going to shoot what you want. If you just show up and react to what's happening and don't spend any time educating your clients, you're going to shoot what you get and have, you know, 45 minutes to do three hours worth of photo. Yeah. So I want to go back to the family photos for just a second. And then I, and then I want to uh, go back to the bride and groom. Um, so in terms of just posing, uh, posing the group, getting the group together, any tips or advice or what are some things when you pose a family, let's say, what would a typical size, like 10, 10, 12 people? Is that fairly, yeah, so like fairly typical? How would you set them up? What, uh, what are some tips and advice to make a great looking family photo? So generally, you know, I, I start with the bride and groom and everything's posed around them. So I get them set. You know, obviously I've picked my background and my location. Um, I split the parents up, you know, if they're married, whatever. So I usually put, you know, I kind of do the boy girl with the parents. So mom on the groom side, dad on the bride side. Um, and then I have the siblings. So brothers and sisters, you know, and I split them up equally on either side of the parents. Now, if they have kids, you know, depending on uh, if they have kids and the age of the kids and the height of the kids and all of that, you know, I'm, they might be out on the ends. And so if we were on a church uh, altar right now with three or four steps, you know, I'm kind of running them down the steps so that they, they look good. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also taking into consideration um, the size of people, honestly. And I'm also taking into consideration the colors that they're wearing. If I've got everybody kind of dressed, you know, nice and formally for a wedding, and then here's Aunt Sally that showed up in her bright yellow dress, well, I'm going to try to hide her in the back as much as I can. Um, same thing if I have a heavy set person, you know, very often you have some uh, bridesmaid or a family member that's pregnant, and they usually want to be hidden. So I, I, I just don't say anything. I just try to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you can always see the family member that, like, you know, wants to hide because they think, you know, oh, I look terrible. I want to be in the back. Because um, they wore flip flops and jeans to the wedding. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as a general rule, like nobody, you know, I make every, especially, you know, now we're talking, I'm on stairs right here. So I have like sort of, you know, uh, stairs coming down so I can stack people at different heights. Obviously, that's ideal. If you're right. out in a field and you have 30 people, you know, honestly, there's not a, a lot you can do, but I will, like a lot of times these uh, pictures happen around or near the ceremony site if possible. So if I have chairs that are uh, available to me and I have a big group, I will pull in chairs so that again, mm -hmm. I have different levels of people. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll, let's say I have 30, you know, 30 people and I'll put four or five, six chairs on either side in the front. Brian and groom are still in the middle. I'll have you know, 10 or so people sit, whatever I get in those chairs. And then, you know, I try to make it um, a pyramid as much as possible so that, it, you know, it's flattering and that it looks good. Um, you know, nothing looks worse than, you know, everyone just lined up in a long line. And But I, I understand sometimes that's all that you're given, you know. And again, depending on the group scenario, let's say it's like a bridal party and they have, you know, 15 and 15 on either side, which is ridiculous. Yep. But, um, you know, so then I might like, put all the guys in front, have them squat down because I'm not going to ask the girls to do that in their dresses and then have all the bridesmaids around them and kind of form a little bit more of a smaller, because, you know, I don't want to take that long stretched out, you know, photo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you can't always make it look like a, something that's going to be on the cover of Vanity Fair, but right. you're going to, you're going to make it still look nice. So, so level, so you look for levels, however you can create those levels, stair, stairs, right. if they're there, stairs, the altars, chairs. chairs, 
you're in a hotel lobby uh, again being respectful but you know maybe move a little bit of the furniture around put always put it back mm-hmm. um but you know i'll i'll pose people around chairs and corners even if it's a small group five or six people and i'm in a hotel lobby and i'm lighting it you know I'll usually I'll sit the bride on the cushion of the chair and then maybe mom on the arm of the chair. Um, and then, you know, that's my, that might even how I just do my smaller bridesmaids. So bride on the cushion, bridesmaids on the arm. So there's a little different in their height levels of their heads. Um, but I pose people around things. Um, it's one of those things that you just, you know, you learn how to do and, you know, it, I know I've had a lot of different assistants and people work with me and, you know, they've asked those questions like, how do you remember that? How do you, have you posed everything so beautifully or, you know, you also have to spend time looking at pictures of that as well. Like you can look at wedding photos. There's obviously millions of them online to look at, um, but you can look in magazines, you can look at old paintings, you know, you can see how they did that. Um, even you mentioned Annie Leibovitz, you know, if you have the time to do something interesting like that, that's always fun. You know, because it's just a little different than your typical wedding photo. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if you have, if you've given yourself time to sort of uh, experiment and play on the wedding day, do both. Do the formal one and then do, you know, the Annie Leibovitz one if that's what you want. Yeah, I think when you're looking at those compositions too, triangles are always, you know, important. That's a, a strong visual uh, component. So anywhere you can build triangles in the heads or, you know, just the way you've, you've posed them, um, different right. levels and things like that is always a strong compositional element to look for when you're uh, dealing with families. What about, um, so what if you didn't have like, you know, any of the, if you didn't have the ability to put them in levels, so you kind of have to revert, resort to the old, you know, everybody's kind of in a, in a bit of a line, um, together what do you get uh, the guys to do in terms of like do you get if they're all family do you prefer to have them like put their arms around each other and get kind of close and, and, and snuggly and you mean you, if i'm shooting like, groomsmen no just family you know because I, I see that some of these families get there and nobody wants to like they seem like they're all like afraid of each other they don't want to like get too close or get too too mm-hmm. you know cuddly but i find it looks really nice if the family is all kind of together and connected somehow right um right. yeah i mean with the whole hug thing too, like even if I have a family that I've seen that, like all oh, these people are like, you know, they don't want to touch each other, they're sticks in the mud or whatever. It's again, it's that change of voice inflection. I don't even care. I, I ask for it and I shoot what I get. So I'll do that, you know, the pose photo and then I'll be like, all right, you guys hug. Like I just literally change, get in there close, give each other a hug, you know, and, and usually that type of family, you'll get a half hearted, like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? You know, I'll take it, but I won't dwell on it. Like, I'll, if I can see that and I recognize that, I'll take a few pictures and move on. Because you know that's that family, and you're never going to get, you know, a super animated, warm, rosy smile out of everybody. And it is what it is, and and just move on. You know, you just took don't, your, don't dwell on it. Just move right. on. Yep. 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 Get what you get and move on. Okay, so that's kind of the groups. Let's let's take it back then. Let's take it back to the bride and, and groom. I want to talk specifically about kind of posing some you know specific things we run into when we're posing the the bride and the groom. So um, let's look at a couple of challenging situations. What? How do you deal with uh, big height differences? So you have like a five foot uh, bride and a six foot three groom. Have you have you encountered that a lot in your career? And and how? If so, how do you how do you pose them? 
Yeah, well, I know I've a, dealt with that a few times. <laughs> I've shot a few basketball players, so there's always that. Um, yeah, we shot volleyball this last weekend. The girls were all volleyball players. Unfortunately, all the groomsmen were also, so they were all, but they were all like six foot six, like right. giants. <laughs> right. Um, there's times where I will embrace it and I will just photograph them as their height differences are, you know, um, maybe all on the same day. So there's times where I'm like, yeah, let's show how much taller he is because it's a reality. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will do things like you mentioned, like if I, or I said before, if uh, I have a chair or a sofa or something like, you know, where I can sit them down, you know, I could sit him. So we're going to assume that he's six, eight and she is, you know, five, seven. Um, I'll just sit him down on an arm of a chair and then have her walk up and put her arm around, hug him. And now they should be really close to about the same height. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's how I'll deal with a situation like that. I mean, I've seen some people like photographers use their, you know, hard cases and let the bride stand on that or, but I mean, if I were outside in a field and, and that was the reality of my bridal party shot and she's, you know, more than a foot shorter than he is, that's what it is. I'm not going to try to bring her up to his level, but then they're, you know, when I'm photographing them together, you know, I'll make sure that I get times where their faces are close because I want their eyes about the same height and, you know, they're hugging, especially when I do close up face shots and, you know, looking at emotion and things like that. Yeah, I'll often embrace it, too, because I think what the, the, the opposite can happen is and I see this a lot of times where, say, if the groom's a lot taller than the bride, a lot of times his posture goes goes to crap because he tries to like hunch down to be right. at at her level and then it just doesn't it just doesn't look good so we say just embrace your height like stand up be you know good posture and let her snuggle in yes you know again we try to get them in situations where we can get their faces kind of level but in situations where they're standing up where they're not we just try to get the groom like to stand up and not do that slouch or that crouched over because it just doesn't look very flattering it just it looks awkward and it looks like he was trying to crouch down to her level do you find that Right, right. Yeah. I mean, posture is important. You've got to watch for that. Even somebody that might be like six one, taking a picture with his mom and kind of bending over a little bit. I'll, I'll say, no, stand up, you know, stand up tall. Look, you know, I'll just address it. Yeah. So that, Cause again, it's our job to let people fall into scenarios that they normally would. And then for us to refine it. So it's flattering to each one of them, whether it be a head turn or a push your chin out to get rid of the double chin or whatever it is, you know, you try to look for those things to make them look their best yeah okay what about um people who have body uh issues uh maybe they're a little bit overweight uh and they're conscious of it i mean some we've had some brides and grooms who are are more on the plus side who don't care you know they're just they're happy with Mm -hmm. who they are and how they are and they're not you know they're, they're so we just you know we'll just shoot like we would anybody but we do we know we have encountered some couples where there may be a little bit um have some body awareness issues and and they're conscious of it so how do you approach um those uh those clients and what do you do you know to kind of help again that's all a situation so you you know like you said you have the couples that don't even care because they know and then you know maybe the bride's conscious um i think one of the most common themes with along that is 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 the whole sleeveless dress thing. Um, You know, I've learned in my 27 years that brides are very uh, aware of their arms and their asses. And um, so in general, 
I try to make those things look flattering always mm-hmm. because I know that's just a given. Um, but it, inevitably, it seems like, you know, every bride that has kind of bigger arms wears a sleeveless dress. And so if she has a, a veil where you might soften that look and bring the veil in front of her arms a little bit, you can do that. Um, sometimes they will have like shawls or whatever. So, you know, whenever possible, use that. Um, if they're both heavy, you know, I've had that scenario where they're both heavy. Um, they're, they have a wedding photographer because they know they have to, but they know, oh my gosh, I don't want to be photographed because, you know, uh, I'm on the plus size. Um, I think you, again, I, I really just sort of embrace that. There's nothing I can do about that on the wedding day other than try my best to, you know, shoot down on them, which thins people out as opposed to shooting up on someone, which widens them out. Um, you know, body positioning, turning them a little more sideways so that they look thinner, not having shooting the bride, you know, straight on to me. I, you know, always have a shoulder closer to me to help them look thinner. Um, but the other thing too is, you know, I think you go back to they they know that's how they are. They know they're heavier. Um, and I really don't try to let that affect my uh, psyche, if you will, on the wedding day going, oh my gosh, these people, you know, are large and I'm not going to take a great photo because they're living, breathing human beings and have feelings just like all of us do. And so I really might try to concentrate a little bit more on the emotion of the day. You know, maybe I do shoot a little bit tighter and it's more their faces, but I really try to capture the joy that those people do have. Um, and, and I'm really, really looking for that emotion. Anytime they're laughing, anytime they're crying, anytime there's some sort of emotion going on, you know, I'm really focusing on that, which we should with every couple, but even mm-hmm. more so um, because that is the reality of the day. And I, I really want them to, you know, have the best images possible the best moments you know maybe i'll do do some wider shots meaning that like they're out in the field and i'm showing more scenery and uh they are smaller in the image because you're showing more of a landscape shot but they're part of it um as opposed to just all my photos being you know half shot full length while i'm right on top of them you know really trying to create an image that um you know, they're like, wow, that's so beautiful. And they're in it, yes, but they're, you know, further away from camera than maybe. And I, I think it just really goes back to, you know, it's almost the same thing people ask me, you know, what's it like shooting a celebrity wedding? Well, it's really no different. They're they're people. So everyone's, you know, we're all human beings and they're all people. And we all want the same thing. They all want beautiful, emotional, capturing those moments at their wedding. So regardless of the situation, I try to not to let that taint. Uh, you know, my vision for the day. And I just go out and capture those emotions, you know, for them on their wedding day. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good advice. Um, I think the only thing I would add, one thing I'll try and do is try to turn just a tip, um, you know, turn, turn the body away from the light and turn the face into the light. Right. So try to put more of the body in, in shadow, use light to kind of hide if there's certain areas that they, that they're not, too happy with you know try to use shadow to kind of hide those areas and use light to reveal you know the, the features that they, that they that they like about themselves a lot of times i find out a lot of this stuff typically at the engagement shoot right so when we're doing their engagement session that's typically when i'll you know we'll kind of find out a lot of this stuff right. um so that on the wedding day we kind of 
know we already have a game plan going in t- into the wedding day because we've we've photographed them you know on their engagement session and they're comfortable they know how we work too a lot of times people come to the engagement shoot and they're super nervous because they're they're they have a certain expectation or a certain idea of how it's going to go and then we do the shoot and then they're like oh well, that was actually really easy and that you know yeah. then and then their guard is down and then it's really easy on the wedding day there's the odd time where we don't get a chance to do an engagement session with a couple um so it takes a little while sometimes on the wedding day to kind of warm them up but uh generally we find it's it's not too much of an issue right and i think that's key you know you just mentioned that like as much as you can with your couples um you know it's your time you have to charge how you want but i don't charge extra for my engagement shoots i basically include them into my packages because i want that time with my couples to i actually have one tonight um, I want that time with my couples to get to know them and watch them together as a couple and, and witness those things so that on the wedding day, you're you're kind of aware of them. Um, I think that's a great point with the light. And just to give someone a little bit more of an example that, you know, if we all know what we're talking about, then we know what we're talking about. But picture, I just kind of want to elaborate on that, what Bruce was saying. So we've all photographed a couple in front of a window, let's say, right? The bride's standing there, she's got her bouquet, and you have her turned into the window so that the light's hitting her and she's all lit up and she looks beautiful. So that's that's with a heavier set of person, what Bruce is saying is now you kind of do the opposite of that. You turn her shoulder to you and turn her back to that light, you know, maybe move her back, turn her back to the window light. Um and now like she's in shadow and you basically then bring her face back to the light so that her face is lit so her back's kind of lit but then her whole other front side which is her larger side if she's a heavy person is more shadowed and it's less obvious than the other way where she's standing there right into the light where all of hers lit this way you know just her she's rim lit on her back shoulder and her face is lit and, you know, the larger part of her body is sort of more in shadow. And it, and it just by using light that way, uh, you can definitely thin people out. Yeah, I think a tip there is look at boudoir photography. Look and study boudoir photography because boudoir photographers are masters of that, you know, using the shadow and the light to hide things or to show things. Right. And it's a right. look at look at a lot of boudoir photography and they're really, really good at that. And then, you know, you try to incorporate some of that into the into your into your wedding work. So I know we had Jen Rosenbaum on uh, an early episode to talk about boudoir photography and kind of what wedding photographers could learn from boudoir. I think that's certainly um, an area where you can look at look at how boudoir photographers like clients. Yes. Right. Because their their clients are like exposed right there. There's no hiding anything behind a dress or anything there. You know, they're showing off a lot of skin. So they if they have things that they want to hide or conceal or want to look slimmer, right, they'll they have to use the light and the shadow to do you know, to do that. Right. There's no right. hiding behind a, a shawl or a dress or anything like that. Right. And if you could do this tactfully with a wedding client, I, I do this with the boudoir that I shoot. I don't shoot a ton of it, but I'll always ask my girls you know, what's your favorite part of your body? What's your least favorite part of your body? Which again is important in boudoir. But so maybe there's just a way that you ask that to a wedding client, you know, like you have any, uh, you know, what's your best side and what's your, what's your worst side or some way to sort of, you know, you don't need to bring that up if it's not there, but if you kind of are and you, you know, uh, you could ask that question and say, you know, on the wedding day, I want to make sure I capture your best angles and your best features. You know, what do you think your best features are and what do you think your worst features are? And maybe you ask it that way and 
that way it kind of gives you, you know, an idea. But but plus it's showing them that you really care and that you really are looking to make great images of them. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's a good tip. Um, okay, how do you deal with the camera aware client? The client who <laughs> anytime the camera is around, they look at the camera and smile. I, I, right. We had a bride recently that was very camera aware. And anytime during candid moments, getting ready, anytime the camera came up to my face, she was right at the camera, camera aware, smiling away. How do you right. deal with that? And how do you get clients to not be so camera aware? <laughs> I think of, I mean, that's probably going to come up on the wedding day. I guess you might notice it doing the engagement shoot. Um, so at the end of the engagement shoot, you might even just address it, you know, but even if I, if it happened to me on the wedding day, you know, I might just be like, I'm like, Hey, Lisa, just, in, you know, relax, enjoy the wedding day. Like I want to take candid moments, but whenever I point the camera, you look at me. I mean, there's times where I don't want you to look at me. So I will direct you, um, you know, if I want you to look, I'll, I'll definitely ask, but just enjoy your day. Have fun. You know, let me catch some of those moments. Just be light about it. And, and, you know, like you, you have to, again, it goes back to personality and how you deal with something and the finesse that you use and the words that you choose to address that. But, uh, I think that's honestly the best way to do it. Um, I, and I tell them like, this is one of the things I say to my couples on the engagement shoot day. You know, I say, I'm like, look, I say, this is actually harder, in my opinion, than the wedding day, because it's, it's just the three of us. So you're very aware that I'm here. And, and, but as much as possible today, I want you to, you know, we're going to walk around. I want you to pretend like you're sort of on a date and that I'm not here. Um, I, I will give you suggestions and have you do things. And I want you to sort of enjoy each other and look at each other. And if I want something from you, I will ask. I will give you direction. I'll be like, hey, you guys look over here or do that. Um, and so that really seems to help because you see, you've set that sort of tone on the wedding day and I may, I mean, on the engagement day, and then I may reiterate that on the wedding day. Another thing too, that I'll tell them is, is I had a bride ask me this question, uh, during a consultation, you know, she was interviewing me, um, and she says, Robert, what, you know, what can we do on the wedding day to make sure that we get the best wedding photos possible? And it sort of took me off guard at the time. I was like, well, I've never had anybody ask me that question. And I, I stopped and I just thought about it for a second. And I was like, you know, honestly, it sounds a little cliche, but, you know, really just enjoy yourself and feel what there is to feel on your wedding day. And I always say, you know, laugh if you want to laugh, cry if you want to cry, act silly if that's your personality, but but just do it. I said, because a good photographer is going to be very instinctual and know to photograph those moments. But if I were to say, Lisa and Dave, look at each other and laugh, you're going to maybe do it and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Robert, what are you doing? That is so cheesy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what they're going to be thinking in their head. So I said as much as possible, you know, today at your engagement shoot, I'll, I'll even tell them this on the engagement shoot day. And if I forget, whatever, I'll, I'll, on the wedding day. But I, I like to give them that scenario and tell that story. And just say, really feel what there is to feel, because I can't direct you crying or emotion. And don't worry about it. If you're, if you're going to cry any day of your life, today's the day to do it, mm -hmm. you know, you know, or I have people that like are crying in the middle of, oh, I'm sorry, I'm crying. I'm like, no, go, go. Especially the guys. Yeah, we want crying. Yeah. Especially yeah. the guys, you know, like if I get a guy cry at a first look, I mean, that's gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, people, we've had people say, well, you know, we want emotion in our photographs. And it's like, well, we can't control your emotions, right? We can photograph them, we can capture them, but we can't control your emotions. That has right. to come from you and you guys connecting and you guys being there in the moment with each other and almost forgetting that we're there. You know, try right. our goal with our couples is to almost have them forget that we're there on the day because that's when the guard comes down. That's when the kind of that pure emotion sort of shows through. Right. Some clients can be very guarded. I find and see when there's cameras around, they can be very guarded and then they don't want to let those things come out because they're just, they don't want it. They want it captured, but they don't want it captured. If that makes sense. Like they'll love it if they see it, but right. they, they, they have their guard up. So our goal is to try to get them to forget about us. So sometimes I just, for me, it's just patience. And just sometimes it's being a little further back from the client giving them some space. And then we're just kind of waiting for them to forget that we're there and then, and then be shooting. Right. Um, and going yeah. back to the whole camera aware thing, like even if they're not like over aware, um, but they're always like waiting for direction from you. So I always say, you know, go, it's what we're talking about, just be yourselves, talk to each other, interact. You know, I say if I want something like if you see me just sort of watching you and you guys are talking, just keep going, talking about what you're talking about. If I want some change or some direction, I'll ask for it. But a lot of times I'm watching you because I like the interaction that I'm seeing. I like the moment and I can't make that happen. Only you guys can. So, you know, have fun today. Just go enjoy your wedding day, you know, be with each other, be in the moment. I said, you will always know from me if I want something because I will ask you, you know. So, I, and I, and you know, it goes back to you might be have, watching that great moment and, you know, you can tell like, all right, well, it's almost fading. You have to be instinctual like that too. And you're like, all right, Dave, you know, give Lisa a kiss on the cheek and you guys look over here at me, you know, and maybe I take two photographs, you know, from that moment. Um, but, you know, you have to recognize those things and always be aware. And again, it's sort of taking control and charge of the situation, but being respectful of the intimacy of the day and letting those moments happen and recognizing when they're, you know, might be over about to end and then move on. Yeah. One of the things I've tried to focus on is I, you know, in early in, in my uh, career, I had a hard time with silence moments of silence right um so i found that i was always having i was trying to like fill those moments of silence and, and now i've started to learn to just sort of shut up and let something happen um because it's in those quiet moments sometimes that that something you know magical happens um so just embracing those things um bride and groom just let's do a quick rapid rapid fire round just some posing tips and things uh that you would advise for posing the groom and for for posing the bride and i don't know if this happens to you but i find that i get focused on a particular because there's all kinds of parts of the body to pose right we can go from head to toe there's all kinds of different parts and i so i find that i go through phases where i get focused on different things like right now i'm all about hands and arms and right. and i see it in my photos because i can see that i've like paid particular attention to hands and photos but then like lower body falls to crap and then so then i so then i start focusing on lower body stuff that's going on and then i hands and do you find yourself right. in in that sometimes or yeah I, there's some basic rules you can follow um this works for men and for women but um you know have them put put their distribute their weight on one leg um, and then bring the other leg forward and just keep it bent and loose. Like, you know, like the other legs almost not, you know, it's just sort of a balancer, but it's not holding them up. Yeah. So you they're know? not static and rigid. And right. Straight. You know, obviously a, a, turn a shoulder into the camera if we're just talking about that. Um, 
you know, you never want to crop in a photograph at joints, meaning, um, you know, at elbows, at wrists, you know, somewhere in between at knees, at ankles. Uh, so you always want to consider that, you know, you can always make it a little bit wider and crop later, of course, you know, in post, um, if you're, if you're not so sure about that. Um, what else? Um, another kind of off topic, but in topic a little bit, um, just a quick tip. Like if, if you're a very like sort of, you don't like shooting posed photos, um, you know, it's a little like me, I'm a little more reactive. I like to have fun, but again, going back to, I know that those foes posed photos are important, especially when it comes to the parents. So here's a little something that I do is right after I do first look and I can tell that they're done, you know, I, I tell them they have, you know, I'll shoot the first two minutes, I'll walk away, I'll let them talk. When I can tell that they're done, right at first look is when I do my like 15 or whatever ends up being posed photos. Um, I say, put your arms around each other, put the bouquet in the front. You know, I take a full length half shot. All right, turn, face each other, put your arms around each other, look at each other give each other a kiss, put your foreheads together, turn your faces to me. You know, I kind of go through this series of like really quick kind of pose photos where they're more or less looking at the camera and smiling at me. And, you know, maybe it takes three minutes, four minutes to run through and catch about 15 different images. But now I know if I don't ever get back to a posed photo at the end of the day, I'm going to make mom happy. You right, definitely you need a full length shot of the dress of the bride, you know, alone and with the groom and then half shots and then, and then close up. So I kind of do that whole series. Like I do some full lengths, I move into half, I move into the, just their faces and I photograph those moments and have their eyes looking at me, all of that. So that's kind of just, a, again, another tip if you, if you don't want to, cause I don't like concentrate on, and then the rest of the day, you know, like I have an hour with my couple, I get that first look done. I do those pose photos. And then we just sort of walk around and have fun. And I'm very reactive to, oh, look at that beautiful light or look at this beautiful scenery. And I'm doing a wide, you know, wide scape with them in it or, you know, and as we're walking around, you're looking for those moments of emotion or interaction of them, you know, sort of being with each other. And, you know, and, and those other emotions will come throughout the day just based on, you know, it being a wedding day. You don't have to capture all, you know, their candid moments within that first hour. but you know. It's all a situation. It's all based off of your couples. But anyway, going back to the the posing for the people. But I think, you know, the weight distribution with the feet is great. Um, hands, you just talked about, you were concentrating a lot about hands. I mean, yeah. I, as a general rule for girls, and those of you who are watching can see this, and I'll try to explain it. But you never want to shoot the palm, the front, or the backs of the hands. Always the edges, the front side or the back side. You know, the 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 pinky side or the thumb side. and um, you know, a little bend in the arms always looks better than straight arms. If they're if they're turned and facing each other, um, I'll always, you know, especially on an engagement shoot, maybe have the bride just put her toe back so that it's like sticking, not like, you know, but just bend, you know, some leg bends so they're not both straight up and down. Um, yeah, you want some angles. and Yeah, you want and, some and angles. So. You want those things. And you might get, you know, again, talking about posing, like an engagement shoot, I have them face each other, put her arms up around his shoulders, you know, put a leg back so there's a toe down. Um, and now you sort of have the lines that you want, but now maybe you can direct the emotion, you know, and you're like, oh, you guys like whisper something in her ear, you know, to make her laugh or whatever it is that you do to kind of get that. If you have a couple that's not giving you that true, like, oh my gosh, we're in puppy love emotion. I mean, love, you know, then 
you know, do those things. But now you kind of have them, you have them placed in the lights that you want, you kind of have the positions and the pose that you want, and now work on the face expressions. Because yeah. um, we all know there's, you know, those couples that want our direction, and then there's those couples that, like, oh my gosh, they're so cute that you can't go wrong mm-hmm. no matter what picture you take of them that day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely every couple is different, right? And yeah, we find that too. Some require a little bit more prompting, a little more direction than others. Here's an interesting one. I don't know if you've ever done this with a couple, but I heard of a photographer the other day and, and what they do with their uh, couples is for their engagement session, they actually have, he gives them homework and what they have to do is they have to write a letter to each other um, before the session and then they actually read the letter to each other at the engagement and it's just sort of like, it's a to letter as to like, yeah, to kind of set the tone and then, and then they do the shoot, but it really helps to kind of add a little bit more emotion to yeah. it. Cause sometimes it can be just, you That's know, they're showing up for a shoot. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, it's um, a very, it's a very like videographer type, you know, for the wedding day, like read a letter to each other. So you have that emotion. They also have that audio track to use, but that's a great tool to, you know, Definitely to, and I always like, I mean, we're not talking about engagement shoots today, but I always encourage my couples to take me to a place that's important to them. Don't just take your couples to that same park, that that same location that you always work at that's beautiful. Like, you know, I always throw it out there. Hey, take me to some place where you got engaged, a first date, a first kiss. You know, if possible, I, I want that. I want the location to have some meaning to you and not mm-hmm. just, you know, here we are doing engagement pictures. So that right. always creates you know, a little bit more of significance if you if you get a scenario where they take you to that first date, first kiss, you know, engagement place, proposal place, I mean, you know. Yep. No, that's a good tip. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, it all kind of, it's not directly posing, but it leads to hopefully better emotion, better expression, which is all part of, you know, the elements of a great, you know, great photograph. So. Excellent. Well, hopefully that uh, gives uh, our audience some ideas and some food for thought when it comes to posing. Um, Real quick, any recommendations for people in terms of where they can go to look, you know, to get better at posing? Because I think that's something that I think every photographer, you know, probably struggle. I I still find I'm struggling with posing and it's something that I'm always trying to work on and refine and you know, if that's your style, because there's some people that's like that very refined posed, you know, print competition style. Um, I think, um, and he's very great at it and, and a very eloquent speaker at it is uh, Roberto Valenzuela has, I think, one or two books on posing. Yes. Um, Picture perfect posing. Right. So I think he's a, he's definitely a good resource there if you want to a book, something to to look at. And, and uh, he goes even more in depth of, we've given you some good scenario, but even more in depth of just head tilts and hand positions and, you know, posture and, you know, all those things that are super important. So if you want to dig a little bit deeper, uh, you know, I would look into uh, some Roberto Valenzuela books. Excellent. Good, uh, good place to look. And yeah, for, as far as, you know, uh, Sue Bryce is great for, yeah. she does a lot of the posing stuff. So anything that Sue Bryce does, you know, particularly she works primarily with, with women, but um, right. you know, um, I think Jared Gionis does a really good job of, of posing with the guys. He's got a really good style. I like his approach. Um, you know, we're just watching him in action. is kind of fun to see how he interacts with clients and gets reactions out of them. It's just um, his accent. And his accent is, yeah, I wish I had a sexy Australian accent. It probably would be. Come on, guys. Come on. Love on each other. So that's horrible. I apologize in advance to all of our Australian audience because I was just complete crap. Uh, He would laugh (laughs) if he heard that. So excellent. Some good tips and good advice. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on. And uh, the next uh, thing we've got is we've got a listener question this week. So each week uh, we'll try to choose a listener question to answer on the show. And this week we've got a question from Miro Selleck. I hope I pronounced your name properly. Uh, Miro wants to know, how do you guys keep your lens caps organized? Do you ever lose anything on jobs? <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes and yes. <laughs> What's um, the most expensive thing you've ever lost on a wedding day? Me? Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't, I'm pretty good about keeping my stuff. Like I've seen photographers where I've like, that I've worked with like assistant, I've walked around properties and find like their lenses in bushes. I mean, yeah. that's no yeah. joke. Like yeah. they're just leaving stuff all over the hotel property. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good about that. But um, I think maybe just leaving a battery charger, you know, I've left a battery mm -hmm. charger at a venue before and you're like, oh, it's going to cost me 60 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've done that too. Nothing yeah, you super, it in the wall nothing and, super yeah. expensive, but I mean, yeah. as far as the lens, I, I just try to, you know, I of course try to keep my lens caps on my lenses while they're in the bag, but on the wedding day, you're, you're sifting between a multiple. I've just sort of, when I take them off, you know, when I take the front caps off, particularly because the back caps, if, if they're in the bag, they're face down with the back cap on. Um, I just put them all in one location. So at the end of the day, I think where I don't lose too many of them, I just can never find them because I've stuffed them in some part of the bag that I never go into, yeah. yep. you know, and then months later, you're like, oh, here's this Th lens that cap. That secret little compartment in the yeah. side that you're like, oh, yeah, right. So I try to make like put them all in the same place. I don't. You know, I, I keep thinking like somebody should, I mean, you could do this yourself. You could get your brother P-Touch and, you know, put the little sticker on it that says, you know, 24 to 70, 28, you know, 77 millimeter lens cap, whatever you want to put on it, you know. And so, so you know, which cap goes on which uh, lens, you could always do that. Um, well, I can take it a step further. We can get really fancy if you want. If you've got some extra money burning a hole in your pocket, there is a, a site called Lens Buddy with a, spelled with a Z. L-E-N-Z-Buddy.com. Yeah. Uh, they make custom lens caps. So you can get lens caps with either like your name, you can get your studio logo put on them, or oh, you can get nice. like 24 to 70, 70 to 200, 16 to 35, and then have Do they make them in caps. colors? I always thought that would be a great tool. Like, you know, your 24 to so. 70 was red and your, you know, your 50 millimeter was blue and, you know, that type I of thing. So you could just immediately look and know which lens it was as well. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, lensbuddy.com. So check it out. They make custom lens caps. To, so maybe that's the that solution. That's not your pick of the week, is it? It's a bonus. That's not my pick of the week. I could have made it my pick of the week. Maybe, you know what? I'm going to make that my I'm going to make that my pick of the week. I'm going to save my other pick of the week for another show. So my pick of the week, we're getting I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but that's my pick of the week is lens buddy if you're looking to get a custom lens cap done. But I think your tip of just putting everything in one having the same place, putting yeah. it in the same place right. all the time. It's no different than your car keys. If you lose your car keys, if you always put them in the same place when you get home, you're going to know where they are. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. hopefully that helps Miro out. Uh, we want to hear from you, though. Of course, if you have a question, uh, just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com. Click on the Contact Us button and choose Twip Weddings, and that'll send a message to us. Or, of course, you can ask a question in our Facebook group um, as well. We'll keep an eye out for your questions there. All right. Well, I've already given mine, but uh, yeah. let's uh, let's hear your pick of the week. Uh, each week we pick a photography related item that we think would benefit wedding photographers. Uh, Robert, what's your pick this week? So 
this is something I just want to tell you guys that I don't own yet, but I'm going to purchase because I've just come across it. I thought it's a really interesting. It's a third party. uh, It's called Pluto, P-L-U-T-O. And the O is very creatively an aperture ring on a camera. Ooh, okay. Um, and it's it's this interesting like device that you put in your hot shoe of your camera, and it works with all different brands. It works with the, you know Sony, Canon, Nikon, um, but it does a bunch of things. It's a it's a wireless shuttle release. You can set it to do time lapse. Uh, it'll do uh, capture up to nineteen images in HDR auto bracketing. Uh, it'll help you shoot star trails in the sky. Um, It'll help you record longer than 30 minutes of video. You know, most of the cameras only record up to 30 minutes and then they shut off. So I guess it turns it on and off. It's got a timer, um, you know, that you can set up for time lapse. You can set it to take a picture at a certain time of day. It's got a laser so you can, um, if something breaks the laser beam, it'll trigger the camera or uh, a sound. And so you can Ooh. actually take a picture where it's triggered by sound. So like, for instance, balloons popping or a glass breaking. So when it does that, it'll actually take the picture and you can uh, capture, you know, the glass breaking. Um, you can take photos when it's bright or dark. Uh, it's a lightning detector. If you like to photograph lightning, as soon as the lightning goes off, it'll take the picture. So no more missing those lightning photos with your slow trigger finger. Ooh, um, cool. I'm showing the web. We got the website here. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going through looking at the features, and it's yeah. not that expensive. I mean, I think if you get the thing and the and the and the the even a couple of the accessories that go with it, it's like 180 bucks if you get all everything. So it's really not that bad. Um, it'll detect humans and body heat to take a photo. Uh, you can combine multiple. It'll trigger multiple things. Um, you know, make the microphone on your smartphone to trigger your camera. You can shake your phone because it also works. It's an app as well. Um, there's just all sorts of things that it, you know, it detects a smile and takes a picture. It's got a solar calculator. I mean, cool. I can go on and on and on. But this go to the website. Cool. It's just basically plutotrigger.com. Okay. Um, and you can investigate and, and see what it is. I just thought it's a pretty interesting, you know, for the hundred and 50, 180 bucks, whatever it is, I'm going to, you know, give it a spin and see if it's all the rage, but you can go to that side and decide, but you know, anybody that has a new product, it's obviously just getting the word out there. So yeah, very cool. Excellent. PlutoTrigger.com. Well, we'll put a link to the show notes uh, for that and as well for the lens buddy. So if you want to check those, those picks out. Well, that brings us to uh, to the end. We've reached the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. Uh, if you're listening on our website, uh, please be sure to subscribe to the show using the box on the right. Uh, and also sign up for email lists to be notified of new episodes and to get exclusive subscriber bonuses. Uh, and if you have feedback, suggestions, or comments about the show, you can reach us directly by using our contact form. Just click on the Contact Us menu at the top of the page. So before we close off, uh, Robert, where can people go to keep up with you? What have you got going on in the next little while? Uh, I'm home a little bit for the summer. I have a few weddings locally, and then I don't travel again until September. But I have a Europe wedding coming up, and I'm in New York three times in October, and I'm going to shoot Google Zeitgeist again in September. And so my end of the year is fairly busy, so I'm sort of enjoying a little bit of downtime. Uh, now, but if you want to find out more about me, my work, what I do, pretty much all revolves around my name. My website's robertevans.com, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Robert Evans. 
And then on Facebook, uh, Robert Evans Studios is my business page. Fantastic. And of course, we'll link to all those sites as well. And if you're looking for me, uh, you can find me over at my website, momentsindigital.com. We've been busy there posting lots of engagement sessions, and we're in the thick of wedding season here right now in Edmonton. So busy, busy with lots of weddings over the summer, which is good. Um, mosquito season has arrived, so I'm considering <laughs> I'm considering investing in like a bee suit or something for our next shoot because they're just miserable right now. <laughs> I don't know if it would look good for me to go shoot a wedding in a bee suit, but I'm considering it because they're really, really bad. But How big are right. your mosquitoes? Uh, they're, well, the problem we're dealing with this year is the spring mosquitoes hatched late and uh-huh. the summer mosquitoes hatched early, which means uh-huh. both of them have hit at the exact same time. So it's they, basically mosquito-geddon. Do they fight? No, they, <laughs> they're there, but they are like, they wait outside the door for you to like walk outside and then they're just on you and they're just vicious. They're not very big. They're little, but they're just... right pesky so they make uh, it for uncomfortable shooting anywhere there's grass or anything so it'd be fun it'll be a fun for the next couple of weeks and then hopefully they'll all die and go away so if anybody could invent something that just exterminates mosquitoes that would be i would love you forever and there there, i was actually reading some article on facebook and they're actually genetically trying to like still make them so that there's only like only male ones because i think it's the females that bite um yep. you know something along those lines but it doesn't interrupt the ecosystem so the bats still have food and all that mm. yeah, bats can eat something else mosquitoes just go yeah. away go away mosquitoes <laughs> i'll start a kickstarter project to eliminate mosquitoes <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. So yeah, like I say, if you want to find me, just go to uh, momentsindigital.com or if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Bruce Clark on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So, And of course, be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com for this show and all the other great shows on the TWIP network. And thanks again for listening to TWIP Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time. Yeah.